What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Rapture Radio. Um, here with Pastor Brandon. Yes, welcome. Welcome, welcome. And uh, I'm Pastor Stewart. Uh, we're today. We're talking about some cool, fun things. Uh, before we get into that, do we have anything? Is there anything light, like mm. uh, some light news mm. or anything like that? Going something on in the lighthearted world? to discuss. Yeah, have we got anything like that? There are twenty-five thousand National Guard troops oh. in our nation's capital. I feel like that's that's light, easy, not a mm. not, not a big deal thing. Yeah. We could get used to that. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably more than in Afghanistan, if it's I had to guess. Breath of fresh air, man. <laughs> breath of fresh air. Yeah, it's, uh, it's quite the time to be alive. And because of things like this going on in the world, we feel the need to talk about topics like the end. <laughs> yeah, wasn't it? It was 2020, really, when we decided to start Rapture Radio. That's right. And I mean, because so many people draw the easy conclusion, they're like, oh, see, the world's ending. Wait for the rapture. Here it yeah, comes. Yeah, I mean, folks were losing their minds. Right, right. It so. was it, Things were going crazy. And, you know, it's obviously 2021 and still pretty crazy out there. Indeed it is. <laughs> yes, it is. And, and yet the truths of the scripture remain mm. the same mm. Amen. And, and we have no reason to despair amen nor should we um, liquidate all of our assets and walk out into the field and look up into the sky wait i already i already no i already did that though we should continue to build oh no and to grow and to advance the kingdom preach the gospel obey jesus have, have babies set up a GoFundMe to get some of my resources back the mothership is not on its way. <laughs> there is no escape. It is not over. That's right. That's right. Yeah, we, we love to talk about what the truths of Scripture really are. What does the end actually look like? Amen. And the truth is, the future is bright. The future is bright. Even though there's 25,000 National Guard troops right now um, being screened for their political affiliations and all kinds of fun things like that, yeah. we still get to rest on the truths of the Scripture, understanding that there is hope and not just hope, but a bright future to look forward to. That's, that's good news, man. And wouldn't that be so helpful for everybody else to hear about? I think so. Absolutely. Might help people, um, go unplugged for a bit. Oh, turn off the news. All of it. All the news. <laughs> like not, so the, everybody's like, man, 24 hour cable news cycles. Those are vicious. And so they get away from the TV and plug into the 24 hour cable news cycle. That is any social media platform. That hey, exists. look, we all need our daily devotions. <laughs> oh, dang. We all need <laughs> truth. We all need a yeah. lamp to our feet and a yeah. light to our path. How uh, else are we going to know how to live? That was yes. I like that. We must. You, you see, you can't just skim over the word. You must reflect upon it. Mm. You must allow it to get deep into your soul you so that you it. echo it uh, with uh, yeah. every chance you get. You let it provoke you a little bit. You got to go to church and get affirmed in your beliefs. You know, a little, a little affirmation helps Constantly. push you further into a tunnel. And if it's mm. constant, perpetual And you become a voice box of the word of your Lord. <laughs> oh, Echoing it at any chance you get. <laughs> oh, Talking man. point here pontification there that's true model algorithm social norms it's very true like i've i've seen several people that um have landed in a, in a higher degree of isolation than they were a year and a half ago and as a result of it they have polarized and and i'm not just talking to one particular camp either direction yeah and people are up, being radicalized yeah and they pick up whatever 
the narrative is from that given group that they've now been polarized, radicalized sure. to, and they they're stuck. They can't they can't get out of it. It's and it's almost like, despite what else is happening, it's like their brain is molded in a particular direction. And it can't parrot, unmold. parrot, parrot, parrot. Right. It's such an interesting thing to to watch. But but I digress. We're, yeah. we're well the study of. Last things in scripture, the study of eschatology can be an anchor for our soul. Ooh. It really can. Amen. You can rise above the tossings to and fro and the waves of, of narratives. Mm. You can yeah. rise above it. You can be a buoy. You can walk on it. Mm. Amen. Amen. That's key. By Amen. faith, of course. Absolutely. I, I, so, I got to say, the more that we've done this, the more helpful it's been for me. Like, I, I've found, um, what, probably two years ago when I was not into any of these kind of conversations or whatever, mm-hmm, a, a mm-hmm. general disposition to, well, everything's going to hell in a handbasket, so why try? Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> like, just, just to be completely honest. But yeah. now, um, since we've been studying eschatology for the last, um, I don't know, let's say 18 months, about yeah. something like that, and, and you get to replace foundations, you get to understand more about what the Bible says. I remember the first defining moment for me was that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the kingdom of God. I was like, oh, Wait. <laughs> mm. Gates yeah. are defensive structures. That's right. So that means the kingdom must advance forward. I was like, oh, wow, that is that is good news. No stopping the gospel conquest. Amen. Like Amen. That's, that's good stuff. And so as we've, you know, especially in times like this that are so dark and sad and chaotic and uh, friend against friend, like nuking each other on the Internet or wherever in person, um, it, it gets, it gets tough, man. So I'm, I'm excited to be able to say, no, look guys, there's good news. Yeah. Real good news. Something certain and sure for your soul. Amen. Amen. That's what we need right now. Amen. And all of these, um, live radio shows are for that purpose. That's right. And we cover a little, a little here and a little there, but all of it is attempting to communicate the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ as it pertains to human history, Amen. as it pertains to the future. Mm. Joy to the world. We're trying to show the textual evidence of that. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Amen. So where, where, what are we doing today? So, textual evidence. Yeah, we're, we're going to be looking at the text. Okay. We're going to be considering a very important topic. Last time we met, we talked about the literalist approach to Scripture. Yeah, okay. We talked about how some would claim that we must read the Bible literally. Right, that's right. That's and of right. course, we should read the Bible and literally. And it's an item of, of righteousness for many. You don't read the Bible literally? Yes, it's, it is a, a, a bit of righteousness, self-righteousness in that. But we should read the Bible literally. Right. Except when we shouldn't. <laughs> That's important to note. And if you didn't catch last week's show, you can go to sermonaudio.com and pull it up. Just look for Rapture Radio. It's already uploaded there. would encourage you to check that stuff out. It's, it's yes. helpful. It's very right. helpful. How to read the Bible. Hermeneutics is such a lost That's right. art That's nowadays. right. And we're kind of just picking up on that theme. We're going to look at one of the seismic errors, one of the catastrophic errors that someone would make if they were to try to take on this literalist approach. Mm, okay. No okay. one actually reads the Bible literally consistently. Right. Because that would You have make to any pick sense. and choose. No, there's plenty of things that cannot be cannot be consistently read literally. Mm. The Bible prophesies that Elijah would return. No one believes that it's actually Elijah. Everyone believes it's John the Baptist. Mm. Mm-hmm. The Bible speaks typologically, symbolically very often. Right. And then sometimes literally. Right. You that's have right. to read the Bible literarily. I think that's a better way to put it. Yeah. 
You have to read the Bible with careful, As in careful what is, study. What is the literary genre? You got to consider the literary at. genre. You got to yeah. consider a lot of things, but it's not so simple as read it literally. It's mm-hmm. not that simple. Mm-hmm. But if you try to apply this literalistic hermeneutic to the scriptures, and you get inside that stream uh, of church history that is about seventy to a hundred years old. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you will eventually come upon literalistic authors who hold that Israel and the church are distinct. Totally distinct. Watch out. Totally separate. Red flags should go up the moment that you see that. Like, yeah. watch out. That's things a serious can, problem. The things are going to get dicey real quick. That's right. That's because right. then what you're really talking about is it's Jesus is not the only way to salvation. Hmm. Well, warning. we're going to unpack warning. this topic quite okay. a bit here. Okay, here we go. Um, who is Israel? That's the subject of our, of our discussion today. And we're talking about Israel from the Bible, like the nation of Israel. Well, right? you know, that's a great question. There is the nation state of Israel. There is the ethnic group called Israel. Mm. There is Israel, who is the other name for Abraham's grandson, Jacob. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there is the true or spiritual Israel. Which is the? Which is the church comprised of both Jew and Gentile. And that's straight Bible, by the way. The Bible straight said Bible. that. That's, there's no... There's no <laughs> Let's break it down for people systematically. All right, here we go. First of all, we have to know this. Israel is, is very, very important. It is uh, central to the meaning of the Bible. Right. Descendants of Abraham and the promise thereof. Just the whole concept of Israel throughout all of Scripture is huge. Right. Um, they are God's elect nation. They are God's people. That's right. That's right. And we haven't discussed who they is yet. <laughs> but but if you mess up at this point, you're in trouble. You mess up the whole Bible. Mm. I'm not saying you don't love the Lord, right. and I'm not saying you don't have Bible verses memorized. Right. But to understand how the gospel unfolds, and to understand human history, and to have a proper worldview and framework for how God's will is being carried out throughout redemptive history, right. you get all screwed up. Right. If you mess up at this one point. And you run the danger of putting the Bible in those two categories. Well, that's Old Testament, not New Testament. You, there's a lot of mistakes that can be made. Right. Indeed. Right. So for folks that separate them, okay, who hold to a literalistic interpretation, often called dispensationalists, okay, sometimes referred to as premillennialists. Or dispies. Dispies, for short. <laughs> that's right. They teach that, that Israel and the church are separate. Okay. But... Abraham is the father of us all. Abraham was promised by God that he and his descendants would be a blessing to all the nations. Genesis chapter 17. You stop that right now. There's so many more things we could say. (laughs) If you want a few um, specific texts to study, try Zechariah chapter 9, where the Philistines are spoken of as a remnant of God, like the tribe of Judah. Or look to Isaiah chapter 19 that says, Blessed is Egypt, my people. Assyria, the work of my hands, and Mm. Israel, my inheritance. Dang, that's right. Throughout the Old Testament, we see not only the Jews and the Gentiles, but everyone eventually going to receive the blessings of the coming kingdom. Right, and even did in that particular time. I mean, wasn't it Elijah who... Um, saved a Gentile widow from starvation. Those are the typological forecastings and the foreshadowings of the glorious gospel which would come right. and go out to all nations. Right. Israel's enemies are foretold by the prophets that are, are, are said to by the prophets one day going to be adopted by Israel. That's right. It just happened right there in that passage that you read from Isaiah 19. That's, that's profound stuff, man. Exactly. Those who separate Israel and the church would also teach that the promises of Israel do not apply to the church. And, and this is truly sad. 
Mm. truly egregious. This mm. is serious error. Mm. Mm. That the promises of the Old Testament are not ours to claim. Does that does that include the promises of the Proverbs and the promises of like all the Psalms? And that, that's, that's a good question. Depressing, right there. But the promises to Abraham are our inheritance. Mm. These promises given in the Old Testament are ours. We can read the Old Testament and we can receive these promises, even though we aren't ethnically Jewish. Mm. Mm. The Bible says this, that the Old Testament promises are applied to the church. Acts chapter 15, James says the conversion of the Gentiles fulfills Amos 9. Paul quotes Isaiah 11 and Hosea 1 and 2 and sees Gentile conversions as fulfilled in these prophecies. Mm, mm -hmm. Jeremiah says the days are coming when God will make a new covenant with the house of Israel. Mm. Are we not in the new covenant? Right. That's right. Indeed. And the house of Israel being, as we said before, the church. Ta-da! See, this is so helpful. Interesting. And, I mean, imagine the whole Bible fitting together. Who would have ever... Well, you know what I'm saying? Well, like, it, it helps you make sense of this world, for such sure. Such a fantastic thing. And this is... We should take a moment to say that people are scared of eschatology. They won't touch it. They'll stay away from the book of Revelation. They'll avoid Daniel, or at least the hard parts in it, because they're... I think they're scared, and maybe they're intimidated because there's so many different opinions, wrong ones, out there that exist. But if they can get into it and really start mm -hmm. putting the whole Bible together, it actually affects the way that you understand and live all the scriptures. Amen. Like we, this is, we have to grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord. That's right. It's one Amen. of our callings in life. So helpful. So helpful. Amen. The Bible clearly predicts the new covenant with Israel. And then the new covenant, the New Testament, clearly attributes its blessings to the church, which is comprised of Jew and Gentile. Boom. Mic drop. There is no way around this. Hamshamalaka. Yeah. <laughs> Just went into a prayer language. Galatians. <laughs> right. Oh, that's another. We're going to have to do a different show. <laughs> Galatians 3.29. Let me read this for, you, right, for us. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs, inheritors, mm. according to the promise. Amen. What promise? The promise to Abraham. Mm. We are the recipients. We are the heirs. We are the offspring. We are the children of Abraham. Amen. We as Gentiles, members of the new covenant church, are also heirs of the promise, mm. children of Abraham. Amen. Amen, amen. Look, they teach some other things that correlate with this that are, you know, egregious. Mm. They teach as a result that we are currently living in a church age, quote. Now, we... Hmm. Some You could call this the church age in some sense. But when they refer to the church age, they're referring to a parenthesis. Now, this is important as to our philosophy of history, and this is not easy to understand. But they think of the age in which we live in now as a parenthesis period. They call it the church age. Okay. Okay. Right? That redemptive history flows with Israel as the primary and only main actor. Okay. Okay. This and is that, their particular. This, this is, is their this interpretation. Is the interpretation. There's Israel okay. and there's church and okay. the redemptive history and human history flows along with Israel. Primarily. You know, ethnic Israel. Okay. Got it. Right. And very often they would say the nation state of Israel as well. Okay. okay. It flows until the point at which Israel rejects the Messiah. Then he establishes the church for the very first time, not mentioned in the Old Testament at Pentecost. Okay. And we enter into a church age. At the end of the church age, we will be raptured secretly 
and history will continue with redemptive history of Israel. Whoa. So that we are living in a parenthesis. And the next thing to happen is a rapture. We all escape out of here. Philosophically, this is a pagan concept. Salvation is not escapism. And the Jews... Salvation are, is victory over all of our obstacles. Like the nation of Israel is still here and eventually... Will they are still here. Redeemed. They go through a tribulation and eventually they are saved. Whoa. Historically, in time. My mind is like cracked right now. Really? So then what happens to the Gentiles that are not raptured? They're just done. They, like Kirk Cameron, Cameron may become Christians during the tribulation. It can happen then too. Yeah, sure. <laughs> this is so entertaining this, to me. <laughs> when you believe that Israel and the church are separate and you read the Bible literally in that sense, okay. and then you take that framework, those lenses, to the book of Revelation, right? this is the view of history you come up with. Because right. as you read the book of Revelation, you see there's no church in there. It's all Israel. Right, right. No, that makes sense. And it's, so they ask, well, and here's the thing. We got to get this. Okay. Here's where they come up with, they deduce the doctrine of the rapture. Because when they read the book of Revelation, they see there's no church. So where is the church? They deduce that it must have been raptured before the book of Revelation. Huh. Or right around chapter 4. So you're talking about in, specifically in John's forward visions. Because obviously right. the church exists because of the seven letters. They, the the seven letters, the church, and then right around chapter 4, the church is you don't hear about it raptured. Anymore. Which is why some of them speak of the day we live in as the Laodicean era. Which is, which is why they... Um, they hold to us waiting for this individual rapture. This is why they're for, you know, um, in, in sort of blind ways, the, the nation state of Israel. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I think it's interesting how heavy, like that's a lot of symbolism. It's like it's in that interpretive grid. It's like symbolism on symbolism. Their interpretive grid. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't think they are applying their literal interpretation consistently at all. Well, that's what I'm they saying. Like, choose. if they're literalists, <laughs> they yeah. lost it somewhere. No. <laughs> the, the idea of a secret rapture, removing the church, and then redemptive history picking back up after the church age right. um, is an error. And it does affect your view of life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it it affects your hope and your optimism regarding this world. Right. So, Absolutely. Um, moving on to the next thing they teach, um, they would say that what we are teaching is a replacement theology. That's sort of like a little, a little, a little jab, a little, you know, a negative title. Mm-hmm. You're teaching replacement theology. No, we're not replacing Israel. This is careful. Mm-hmm. We, the church is the fulfillment of Israel. It's a marketing tactic. I get it. Yeah. Replacing. The okay. church is not the replacement. It is the fulfillment, and the church is comprised of the remnant of Israel, mm-hmm. Jews, and Gentiles. Okay, okay. We know um, from Revelation, um, the New Jerusalem, that its gates and its foundations are the 12 tribes of Israel and the 12 apostles, mm-hmm. all Jewish. Right. That that yeah. establishes the foundation and the gates. Right. But that the city itself is also comprised of Gentiles. Right. We know the Gentiles are grafted in. Right to the Jewish peoples. And so the promises are to the remnant of Israel, true Israel, Mm -hmm. but they are also ours in Christ because all those who are of faith are of the children of Abraham. That's right. You are, well, I mean, wasn't it a Jewish apostle that said that the church is the new Israel? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Works out. Here's another thing they teach. Huge error. They teach that ethnic Israel remains forever God's central actors. 
they play the only they play the main role. Huh. Okay. We are a parenthesis. Okay. Right. Okay. But that's not what the t- scriptures teach. Right. Scriptures teach that Gentile and Jew come together in the church where there is neither Jew nor Gentile, where ethnic distinctions do not play a role. Mm-hmm. Right. Why is this all important? Well, because the way we see human history is coming to a full uh, fulfillment in the New Testament, mm-hmm. blossoming as Jesus comes, the kingdom of Christ comes, right. and we enter into the, the new covenant era. Right where Jew and Gentile come together and the gospel goes out to the world. So just as we're ramping up with hope and positivity right. and the proclamation of the gospel to the nations, mm-hmm. just as Satan is bound and the kingdom is advancing, they say, no, it stops right there. Mm. And it is put on parenthesis <laughs> until after the rapture. They stop redemptive history right in its tracks. And as a result, they have no real philosophy of human history other than negativity and escapism. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, folks don't live all of their life with negativity and escapism. Right. But they are living intellectually schizophrenic lives. Oh, I see. Yeah. They're not being consistent with their, with their beliefs. Right. Right. We want to be consistent as much as we possibly can with Amen. the doctrines we derive from Scripture. Amen. Amen. This also divides the people of God into two. When what does Paul says? He is made of the two, one. Mm. Very clearly. Amen. This distorts the meaning of the New Testament. And it distorts the meaning of history. And, and here's, this is strange, because they take the Bible literally, they see a future millennial reign with Jesus militarily, physically ruling from Jerusalem over the earth, ruling over the Gentile nations, those who weren't raptured up, with a restored temple, literal temple in Jerusalem with literal animal sacrifices taking place. What? Yes. Why? Because they are approaching this literally. The kingdom is the kingdom of the Jews, the kingdom ruled over by the son of David. They take all of these things literally. They bring it down to earth. They have to push it into the future. But if you understand prophecy typologically, you do not come to those particular conclusions. No, yeah. Like most Christians throughout all of church history. It's interesting to me that, so like there's certain, like we were talking about earlier, passages in Revelation that's like you have to interpret from this particular view, like symbolism on top of symbolism over and over again. mm -hmm. Obviously not literal whatsoever. But then there's other ones that they're like, no, this has to be literal. It's, I don't wonder. I don't, I don't think they're consistent. True. I don't think they're consistent. I'll give you an example. Okay. Uh, Ezekiel speaks about a new temple. They believe that's the new temple of the future millennial kingdom. Hmm. We believe it's the new temple, which is the church. Right. Jesus said, tear down this temple. I'll raise it up. Right. We are the temple. We are the household of God. He'll raise it up in three days. Right. Right. So you see how they're taking that literally. And if you take it literally, you have to find somewhere to put it on earth, which is why they're always obsessed about Jerusalem and the dome on the rock and wondering when there's going to be a temple built mm. so that we can inaugurate the kingdom. Mm. They see. even speak of, of sheep, of certain lambs, red, red lambs. I can't remember the name they use for it, that are being held at different places ready to reinstate the, the sacrifices. Because there's so many rules you have to follow if you go back in time, back to the shadows, instead of moving forward to the object of the shadows pointed. This, this, gets, this leads to great error. Yeah. Great error. Yeah. This is not hard. The church is grafted into Israel. We are the children of Abraham. Mm-hmm. 
Abraham is our father. 1 Corinthians 10.1 says the patriarchs are our father. Mm. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Mm. We are the, what's some words used for us in scriptures? Uh, the royal priesthood. Yep, that's 2 Peter. The temple of God. Also 2 Peter. 12 tribes. The circumcision. A holy nation. 2 Peter. Again. A chosen generation. <laughs> also 2 Peter. A peculiar people. <laughs> yeah. Peter is using titles for Israel. Who's a Jew, by the way. Yes. <laughs> and a member of the church. <laughs> a recipient of the new covenant. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Right? And he is using those titles for the church. Right. All the promises are ours. All the titles are ours. Mm. The titles, the descriptions, the promises... They are all used throughout the New Testament and ascribed to the church. We are united into one body. Mm. Christ is the head who made both groups one. Ephesians 2.14. Neither Jew nor Greek. This is not hard. It's, in the, it's like so obvious in the text. To be a literalist. You have to oppose the interpretations given to you in the New Testament. That is given to you by the apostles. By Paul. <laughs> you know? Yes. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, when he said that, he didn't mean... You, right. Exactly. You, 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 there is no way around this. You, you cannot maintain right. with careful biblical study that there is Israel and the church as two distinct right. groups. That's right. You, it, cannot, you cannot do it. No. Not possible. How interesting. So helpful. So helpful. I hope you Amen. guys are finding this helpful. Man. I hope so too. But hey, wouldn't it just make more sense if God would just say Israel and say the church and yeah not make it so confusing on us wouldn't it, wouldn't it be simpler <laughs> wouldn't it be easier? would it be though i don't know I mean, <laughs> we have no way to verify that because he didn't do that right well but, it, it, you know in the parable of lazarus he's like i gave you the scriptures they're clear enough so believe him or not he right. obviously thinks that he communicated effectively so i think he did <laughs> <laughs> in, indeed i mean is elijah elijah is is the is David my servant who would rule over the the uh, house of Israel? Is that David? Yeah. Or is it Jesus? Right. We know it's Jesus. We know the Bible speaks typologically. Right. So whenever it says That's Israel, right. we don't got to always assume. No. No. Sometimes it's referring to the nation state. Sometimes sure. referring to ethnic Israel. Sometimes it's referring to the people of God of all ages. Yeah. The children of Abraham who become children by faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. And we have the promises. We have the titles. And we are ruling and reigning with him in his Davidic kingdom right, right now. Right. His Amen. spiritual kingdom over all nations. That's and, good news. And a really easy way to apply this is as you're reading through something like the Psalms, for example. The mm -hmm. Psalms make many, many references to Israel. Mm -hmm. What you can do in just those moments is to say, God's people. Yeah. Which includes me, you know. It does. His Indeed. church. You know, you can say, you can insert that phrase in those moments, and it, mm -hmm. you'll start to understand a broader context of the Bible as a whole. That's it, an immediate application. Like, wow, I'm included in this. This is me. We who were once afar have been brought near to the covenants. Right. As Paul says in the book of Ephesians. Ooh. Yeah, that's Amen. good news. That's the, the mystery that is revealed um, by Paul in Ephesians is that the Gentiles would be included in this. Right. And it's not a mystery in that it was never mentioned. The prophets mentioned it. Right. It was forecasted. And the apostles affirmed it. And the apostles yeah. affirmed it. Right. The only people who refused to believe this were apostate Israel. Mm. They refused to acknowledge that the Gentiles would be included as part of them. Mm. This was something offensive to them. Right. And modern day literalists are making the same mistake. Right. We are one people in God. Now, for our listeners, you may not understand the full impact of this point. Right. And, th and that's why we do a lot of different shows. 
but you can maybe just take our word for it. This is a key interpretive issue. Right. And if you mess up at this point, it's like, you know, it's a, it's a bottleneck. If you get off on the wrong point at this place, um, it it will lead to nothing but disaster. You're going to get in trouble. That's right. That's right. We should also say, you know, we've got so many resources. I know we talk about this on just about every show Mm -hmm. that we do, but this is not something, if you're just jumping in right here, if this mm. is like your first time listening to one of these podcasts, yeah. go back, man. Go back in the rest of the feed and, and hop into the rest of the Rapture Radio podcasts and, mm-hmm. and start from the beginning. Get connected. I know you put your Sunday school classes on there as well. Start On Sermon Audio, you get all the archives. Yeah, you get everything That's right. On there. You, you can get- search by um, series topic. Mm-hmm. You just mm-hmm. type in Rapture Radio under the series and you can get all of it them. It pulls it all up. Yeah, and it's it's so helpful. It really is. So if you're if you're jumping in for the very first time and you feel like this is a little bit over your head or maybe there's some assertions that we're making pretty firmly that you're like, but I don't know where that is. You sure. gotta you gotta get into the rest of the t- of the rest of the teaching. Yeah, because we're 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 building. There's here. a scaffold yeah, going right. on. That's mm-hmm. right. You build a story at a time, foundations, all those things. Go in, get connected to all the resources, sermon audio. You can mm-hmm. go to the website. There's all kinds of stuff out there for you. It's very, very helpful. And uh, I mean, I don't know where I would be without some of these resources personally. It's been such a good time to be able to walk through these things. It's good. Amen. It's very good. Amen. Very good. But anyway, yeah. that concludes this episode of Rapture Radio. Um, yes. Thank you so much for watching, uh, watching, listening, Both? observing, whatever the heck it is that you're doing. <laughs> And uh, we'll be back again next week around the same time. You'll see it drop on uh, various platforms that we're already pushing mm-hmm. out into the future. And yeah. Look forward yeah if you're listening episodes. in the future, you <clears throat> yeah. know, in uh, the subscribe future. to the Rapture Radio podcast. Oh, snap. And give us five star reviews. Because that's important. It is. That's super important. It is. Thank you again so much for joining with us, and we will see you guys next time.